1: On the Mutual Audio Network. The
2: following audio drama is rated G Wiz, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages to enjoy with Cheese Wiz.
3: I'll skip ahead a bit No, I can't skip ahead All all right, everybody Into the
1: time machine
0: Hey, what? what Wait a
1: minute minute. minute. No, 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 no
4: no. You don't understand how radio works All I have to do to return is Fade
2: my voice out like this And
0: do the organist
3: And you see Here we are Wait a minute
2: 63 Audio presents the Old Time
5: Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is Episode 27, also known as our third annual Christmas special. Woo! My name is Pete. This is Dave. And I'm Paul. So, what have you fine fellers been doing to get ready for the holidays? Oh oh my God, it's it's just been crazy, it's been
2: nuts, there's just been... (laughs) Go ahead,
0: Dave. (laughs) I love questions like that, that's a great question, next question. Uh, (laughs) Come on, Paul, you got something, don't you? I purposely
5: put you (laughs) as first on the list because you hate coming last after hearing about all of
0: our stuff. Oh, uh, see, and there's the third grader in me going, "Oh, there's so many things you could say about that." <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I've been, uh, you know, it's it's the holiday season. Been uh, watching some holiday shows, listening to some holiday music, buying presents, getting everything ready around the house. I'm we're we're looking forward to having company and uh, hanging out with my kids. It, it's it's great when they get older to where you can actually hang out with them more more of a friend than as a parent. And I really enjoy the hell out of that. And I'm nice. really looking forward to it this Christmas.
5: Nice. Great. Great.
2: Very
0: cool.
5: How about you, Dave?
0: Oh dude. So so last year, last Christmas, I had just moved to Chicago. It's my first Christmas in Chicago and it was pandemic. Yeah. Everywhere. Everything was shut down. Nothing was happening. And I didn't want to go out. It was just yuck. So this year, turning that completely around, I went to see It's a Wonderful Life at the Music Box Theater in Chicago. And guys, I got to tell you, this was like the Rocky Horror Christmas show. Okay, Mm -hmm. the audience, the, the, the theater was packed, first of all. And before the show came up, there were elves standing on stage leading the entire crowd in Christmas carols. Uh, and the and the and the the lyrics were projected up on the screen so everybody knew the words um everybody was at least a little bit drunk i think because there's a bar attached to uh, the music <laughs> box um and then santa hit the stage the 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 crowd went wild we sang more christmas carols we watched it's a wonderful life and this was audience participation this was when potter would come on the screen everybody would hiss and boo ah. and and when, when when George would go off on one of his many splendid rants uh, about what a jerk Potter was and what a wonderful thing is going, everybody would cheer and yell, they'd be shouting lines at the screen. Every time they talk about Claire, apparently everybody knows this, but everybody came to the theater with bells. And and so anytime they talk about Clarence and how every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings, everybody will whip out their jingle bells and ring the bells and just fill the whole the whole theater with this lovely ringing sound. It was amazing. I will never watch It's a Wonderful Life any other any <laughs> other way than when I go to the music box. That was just amazing. Um, I saw the uh, I walked down Michigan Avenue. Got this city leads into Christmas hard, and I love it every minute of it. Walking. On Michigan Avenue, everything's decked out for Christmas. Saw the Chicago Christmas tree. I rode the Christmas train. I saw that I video. Saw posted. That is an amazing train. Oh my god. It, and it's, it is it is it's just that particular time was just running around the loop, but every every train line, pink, blue, red, green, whatever, uh uh this 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 Christmas train rides that train one day or another and it's decked out in lights. There's there's elves inside. One of the cars has been cleared off and replaced with a platform with Santa and his reindeer. <laughs> it was just epic. So I am digging the Christmas spirit in Chicago right now. I am, I'm awesome. riding a high on, on, on the Yuletide uh, uh, vibe, let me tell you. Sweet. What about you, Pete? What are you doing? Well, um, I've got my uh, uh, weekly
5: podcast called Santa's Inbox, and we're recording oh, cool. on location at the North Pole with Santa, reading letters and emails from kids. And, that must uh, be a hell
0: of a commute,
5: dude. So no, How's the snow doing up there? We, we have we have a crew up there right now, and we're just you know <laughs> they're they're sticking around, and they're capturing not only the letters but the behind the scenes stuff, the the you know, the, the problems that Santa's having with elves and uh, uh, supply chain uh, distribution <laughs> and 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 work stoppages uh, or or work employee shortages that sort of thing. Uh, so so like this new episode that's coming out on Friday um, deals with uh, um, a vacancy and he's conducting interviews with certain uh, um, (laughs) certain characters as well as reading the stories. This uh, last week's last Friday's uh, was um, uh, uh, episode two and it dealt with uh, certain characters from John Bell's uh, uh, podcast called Bell's in the battery uh, um, sending Santa, some uh, uh, cowlets, miniature cowlets that uh, were, were armed with uh, rocket launchers to f- help him fight the war on Christmas. Because uh, one of the characters, Brad Montworth, isn't exactly the sharpest uh, uh cookie cutter in the drawer. Uh, he uh, uh, sent these battle cowlets, and they're miniature cows. You know, if you listen to uh, uh Bells in the Bat you know about uh, the, the cowlets. Uh, um, he listened to Wombat News and he heard that there's a war on Christmas. So he wanted to, uh, uh, help him fight the war on Christmas. So that whole episode is taken up with Santa trying to read the letters, but also get rid of these, uh, uh, dangerous. Weaponized cows. Weaponized animals. <laughs> weaponized livestock, uh, up there at the North Pole. And, and it's just hilarious. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've recruited John Bell to help you with that. Great. He's just amazing. Um, he's he's playing uh, Stinky the elf, who's my number one, who's Santa's number one elf, and um, and a few other characters. And we even got his wife involved, playing uh, Santa's secretary, Steno the elf. And, uh, she, <laughs> She's like in episode games. three, and then episode four is the is the deals with the that's next week, that's Christmas Eve, the finale of the series, just a four episode a uh, series for uh, Christmas time um, dealing with uh, supply chain problems. And they're sending the B team of reindeer to fly in the thing, the, the things that they can't get because uh, there's a train stuck at the northernmost uh, railway station in the Yukon and they can't get the, the, the certain thing delivered. I won't tell you what it is. You have to listen. And then later on, there's another thing that they can't get that they send the B team out to
0: collect. and two um, things. Mm-hmm. Pete, go ahead, Paul.
5: Nah,
2: damn, two things. That's it. Yeah. So, two things are, yeah. so Pete, those I things, those know, supply
5: chain problems.
0: What, what is ahead. the name of the reindeer on the B-team? Is it like Lefty and Jocko? It's pretty close. And, it's okay. uh, Snowcap,
5: Dewdrop, and Arthur. <laughs> and Arthur. <laughs> the b team. But Arthur Arthur didn't like the name that Santa gave him, so he said, call me Arthur and... and he doesn't because Santa says I don't remember Arthur and uh, Stumpy the uh, uh, excuse me Spunky the elf uh, said that uh, he's he he takes care of the reindeer he trains them. Um, he, he said that uh, 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 Arthur called him said to call him that because he hated the name Santa gave him which was Jujubee. <laughs> so wouldn't it? So you know, sounds
0: awesome. Who wouldn't want to be called cool. Arthur
5: instead of Jujubee? But. uh so they're off, they're off collecting these things uh, and and trying to save Christmas because it's the Christmas Eve episode and they're trying to you know make sure all this stuff gets fixed up at the last minute. So um, there's that. Plus, we just had our own live production of It's a Wonderful Life in Port Rico, uh, Texas. Uh, uh, we didn't have the same uh, uh, extravaganza that you had, but we had. <laughs> I got to tell you guys the best audience. We've ever had for a live audio drama. I've done several audio dramas the in the different venues in the Corpus Christi area. And these people came to be entertained and they did not disappoint us with their responses. <laughs> and we did not disappoint them with our performances. Uh, there are 10 people on stage portraying more than 40 residents of Bedford Falls and different character voices, including John Bell, who I mentioned before, who drove here from Alabama holy crap in the, the show. Hell. He, he and he, he brought his RV stayed in an RV park with his wife and 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 was there and it's just amazing so and all the, all of our actors were fantastic this time and we've been invited back next year they want to have a holiday uh tradition of the Narada radio company por- performing at the Port Aransas Community Theater it's awesome. it's the haven for winter Texans. These people, snowbirds, you might call them, <laughs> who come down from Illinois and and, and Michigan and, and Minnesota to uh, uh, spend the winter in Texas. So it's really nice. And they, when the show ended, every night I'm walking off the stage and I hear somebody out in the audience say, that was fantastic. That was wonderful. That was terrific. I'm hearing these people say these things out loud. It's so gratifying, really is so wonderfully affirming. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very affirming. So, um, we're doing a good thing, and we're providing entertainment for the masses in a familiar, a familiar story, and it's just wonderful. Not the same level that Chicago has, but pretty good for South Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'm going to hand it off to Paul. Uh, tell us a little bit more about today, Paul.
2: The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series. Episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss, either in person or on social media.
0: Thank you, Professor Arbisi. That That was very nice. Good job. God. (laughs) Uh, As always, we open each episode Introducing the selection We'll describe it, then we get to play it for you And oh, what an episode we have Then we'll come back at the end We'll discuss it at length As we are wont to do Uh, Each of us giving our opinion On its merit, its performances Anything that stands out for us
2: And that's exactly what we're presenting to you Just our opinions On whether or not it's representative Of that series or if it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us. In fact, we hardly agree with each other. We don't (laughs) freaking care. We may not agree, but we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more.
5: Each of us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion. Season three opened last month with my pick, an episode called Shakespeare's Twelfth Night from the Columbia Shakespeare Cycle uh, uh, Series. In case you missed it, Paul was pretty bored by it, obviously. I'm still waking uh, up. He's still waking up from that one. This I month, loved
0: it. It was awesome.
5: This month is both our Christmas spectacular and made more so because it's Dave's choice, which
0: is what, yes. Dave? Oh, my God. This is so awesome. Um, So what we're going to be listening to tonight is the plot to kill Santa Claus from the Rocky Fortune radio series. Now, Rocky Fortune ran from uh, October 6th, 1953, all the way through March 30th, 1954 on NBC Radio. Now it's what they called a sustaining series, which meant that NBC presented the program without any corporate sponsorship. So we're not going to be hearing toothpaste ads, we're not going to be hearing muffler ads or cigarette ads. This is this is pure pure radio drama. Um, "Rocky Fortune" was created by George Lefferts, and he was also one of the screenwriters for the show along with Ernest Kinroy. Now Kinroy and Lefferts would both go on to become award-winning writers and producers long into the 60s, the 70s. They made some amazing stuff. And i got to tell you, if this episode that we're sharing is any indication, I can totally see why. It's amazing.
2: And so, without further delay, we present The Plot to Murder Santa Claus. First airing December 22, 1953 on NBC from the series Rocky
5: Fortune. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and
1: listen.
3: Now, Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune.
4: Did I ever tell you about the time I got mixed up in a plot to murder Santa Claus? Yeah. It all started when I answered a Christmas ad for a department store. The ad said young man, a good character, is auxiliary store detective and other duties. Two-week employment. So, next day, I am an auxiliary shameless for Krakenbaum's department store. Kind of a high-class Fifth Avenue dispensary where for only 50 bucks, you can buy your girl a mink toothbrush. And for an extra five grand, you can get her a coat to match. Uh, This way, Mr... uh... Fortune, uh, Rocky Fortune, Mr. Prim. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, This is Fifth Floor, children's toys note, please. Uh, Santa's Workshop and the Enchanted Igloo. This will be your post. What do I do? Just keep an eye on the merchandise. Quackenbombs has had a good deal of shoplifting recently. Yeah, especially in the jewelry department, eh? Uh, We uh, don't like to talk about that, Mr. Fortune. Mr., it's been on the front page of all the newspapers for a week. 8,000 bucks worth of pearls. Wow. The thief will be apprehended in good time. Have no fear. Uh, Well, I must get back to my office. Uh, Just a minute, Mr. Prim. Yes? What happens if I see a gun of? A what? A lifter, a thief. Apprehend the criminal with the merchandise and bring both to my office behind the elevators. The name Lysander Prim is on the door. Check. Oh, and uh, one other thing. Yeah? At lunch hour, you will relieve Santa Claus. You mean put on a beard and everything? Oh, it's just for half an hour. (laughs) As a matter of fact, you start in exactly five minutes. Um, I'm not exactly built for this. Neither is our present Santa. They're running thin this year. Uh, Just ask Big Elf to help stuff you. Big Elf, Santa's helper, the large fellow in the elf suit. Oh, sure. Good sure. luck, Mr. Fortune. The honor of Quackenbaums is in your hands. Hmm. At 44.50 a week, Mr. Quackenbaum is getting a bargain. Big Elf, whose name is Marty, weighs about 250. He helps me into Santa's suit, and I take over inside the magic igloo while Santa goes out for some chowder. I embarrass a couple of mothers by promising everything the kids ask for, and I'm really living it up having the time of my life when a little girl about six comes in all by herself. He's a pretty little thing, too, with blue eyes and freckles. On one leg is a light steel brace. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. Oh, and that's what I want for Christmas. Well, hello, honey. You all alone? Yes, sir. Well, what can I do for you?
6: I have a note for you.
4: A letter for old Santa, huh? ho, oh, oh, let's have a look. Dear Santa, you know what we want for Christmas? you better get it or you'll never live to make those Christmas Eve deliveries. Find you-know-who. Well, well, did you write this letter yourself, honey?
6: No, sir. A man gave it to me.
4: What did he look like?
6: A big man with a black mustache. He gave me a nickel, too.
4: Heavy spender, huh? Honey, what's your name?
6: Gail. Gail Grayson.
4: And what would you like Santa to bring you for Christmas, Gail?
6: I'd like your elf.
4: You mean big bonehead out there?
6: Oh, no. Not the man in the elf suit. I mean the elf doll. The one with the red silk suit and the green hat.
4: Oh, well, that's pretty expensive, honey. Maybe your mommy and daddy can't afford it.
6: I don't have any mommy and daddy.
4: Oh. Well, you leave your name and address with Santa, and I'll see if we can't arrange for something. It might not be that same doll, but... That's the one I want. Yeah, I can see that. Well, look, Gail. Gail? Oh, Gail,
7: there you are. I told you to wait outside the man's office. I wanted to talk to Santa about getting that elf doll. Honey, I told you that doll cost too much. Santa says maybe he can arrange something. Santa's wrong. Look, mister, I've just been seeing a man about trying to get a job in this place so we can afford to eat. I don't have money for expensive dolls. Well, I'm
4: sorry, miss. I Well, you've no
7: business building up false hopes in children. They put so much faith in this.
4: Well, if you'd just let me explain. Come
7: around and explain Christmas Eve if you can.
4: I'd like to, but I don't even know your name. This
7: is my sister, Laura,
6: and we live at 65 Bleakman Street. Five flights up Santa... Gail, for heaven's sake, come along. You won't forget the doll, will you, Santa? Please, please don't forget, please.
4: Lose a customer, Jack? I'm afraid I lost a friend, too. Uh, Cheer up. Maybe you won't live long, then you won't need a friend. Why don't you just stick to being a big elf, huh, Marty? Don't be a wise guy, Fortune. Me... I'm never a smart Alec. By the way, how do they spell elf? O-A-F. After lunch, the real make-believe Santa Claus comes back and I turn over the suit, beard, and stuffing. I'm glad to get back to being a store detective. That big elf has no pleasure to work with. I keep thinking of little Gale. Well, let's face it, I keep thinking of her big sister who's got eyes like Dresden China and a figure like a Lamar's teapot. I wonder if I'm ever going to see her again. I don't have to wonder long because right away things begin to happen.
7: Help! Don't be Santa, Catch her! All right. Hold it. Hold it. Oh, let me go. Let Take me... it easy. Take it easy. Well, Laura Grayson. Who are you?
4: Santa Claus, remember? My name is Rocky Fortune. I'm also the store dick in this department. Oh,
7: Mr. Fortune, please. I don't know why. I, I took it. I... Well,
4: let's see what we've got here. <laughs>
7: it's the elf doll, the one Dale wanted.
4: Oh baby, if you're going to shoplift a doll, they got better ways worked out than just pick it up and run with it. I
7: had to take it. I I couldn't disappoint her. I I couldn't.
4: Yeah, I guess it was partly my fault. Well,
7: I suppose you'll turn me over to the police now.
4: Well, hold it, hold it. Lady, this ain't for general publication. Between you and me, I'm the world's worst toy store detective. Too much larceny in my blood. So I'll just turn around for 20 or 30 minutes, and if you're not gone when I turn back, I'm going to put the pinch on you. You're letting me go? Please, let's not be vulgar. Well,
7: thank you, Rocky.
4: Hey, What? You forgot the doll. But... I was going to buy it for you anyway. Besides, I get it for only three bucks because it's a display model. Now beat it.
7: Rocky, I could kiss you.
4: Go ahead. I will. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year to you. Wow. The kid slips down the stairway with the elf doll and I am still wearing a lipstick on my cheek when Mr. Prim boils over. He looks so much like a clothing store dummy, you expect to find a price tag on him. Right behind him is Marty, the big old elf. Mr. Fortune. Oh, hi. Where is she? Where is who? Uh, whom? Uh, he. The dame who stole the doll from Santa's workshop. Oh, you are a little elf, aren't you? Mr. Marty here tells me he saw you catch her. Where is she? Overpowered me. She must be a lady wrestler or something. Mr. Fortune. I'll tell you what, though, Mr. Prim, just to make everything okay, I'll pay for the doll. What? No kidding. You see, I know the young lady, and I was going to buy it for her anyway. So I well, thought... this is highly irregular. Oh, come on, Mister Prim. Think of how proud Mister Quackenbaum will be when you tell him you unloaded that shop-on-display model. Huh? Well, well, it's highly irregular, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the sales clerk will make out the proper form. Well, thanks, Mister Prim. I'll do that. Hey, Fortune. Yeah. What was the dame's name? What's it to you? Just curious, you know. I know. Stay just as you are. <laughs> After closing time, I go into the employee's dressing room for a quick wash-up and a change of linen. Place empties out when my pal, the store Santa, slaps in after a hard day at the igloo. He takes off his red suit, and I see he's built like a Japanese wrestler with a nose like Rudolph the Reindeer, only it ain't from drinking melted snow. Now, good night, everybody. Uh-huh. Good night, Herm. Looks as if the detectives and the Santa Clauses are the late workers in this department, huh? Yeah, just you and me now. Just you, Santa. I'm blowing right now. Just a
3: minute.
4: Yeah? That girl who stole the Elf star. What about her?
3: Mr. Prim mentioned that you know her. So? I'd like to know her name.
4: You're the second guy in a half an hour. What is this? Just what I said, Fortune. What's her name and where does she live? Look, I know you've been making a list and checking it twice, Uncle. But just what do you want to... why do you want to know? I I had my that Elf doll myself. For my kid. I'd like to get it for her. They got brand new ones in stock. I'm interested in that one. So the name, huh? Sorry, Uncle. Fortune. Maybe I don't make myself clear. I want that girl's name and address. I want it very bad. You know you shouldn't use that tone of voice. You don't sound like you got the holiday spirit. I'm going to use more than a tone of voice if you don't unclaim. Sorry, Sam. Okay, Fortune. Okay, You want to (laughs) fight? (coughs) (coughs) <coughs> <coughs> what her name? Why, you putt up... Your... Gentlemen, <coughs> gentlemen, please, please. Just what is going on here? Well, let Samson here tell you. uh uh-huh. I was just showing Mr. Fortune here a couple of judo holes that might come in handy next time a young girl overpowers. This him. is not a gymnasium, gentlemen. I'll thank you to leave and report back promptly tomorrow morning. Good evening. I managed to stagger out of my own power and head back to my flat. I figure I'll have some supper and then locate Laura Grayson for another look at that elf doll that everybody wants to get his hands on. Also for another look at Laura Grayson. Yeah. I stop to line my flu at a local cafeteria and go up to the flat. I walk in like I live there, which I do, and discover I have guests.
3: Hello, Rocky.
4: Well, well, Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger. If I knew you were coming, I'd bake a cake with poison in it.
3: A cake with a file in it would be more useful where you're going, Rocky, my old pal.
4: You are referring to the house of detention? The same. Well, sir, if my days as a processor have served me correctly, they make mention of a thing titled due process, which means you don't arrest a guy without you can make some kind of charge, right? Right. So... So we would like to revolve the wheel
3: of our conversation around the axle of your understanding down at the Irish Clubhouse,
4: concerning
3: concerning a murder.
4: You said a murder. Yeah. Who?
3: Rocky. This is going to come as a shock to a naive young boy like yourself. But there ain't no Santa Claus. I'll come. I'll come because somebody stuck a knife in him. He's laying on his face over in Bomb's department store. Let's
4: go. <laughs> spend the next few hours as a guest of the city, in the squad room, or a sweat box, as it is affectionately remembered by inmates of various steel academies in the state. To mine host, the Sergeant Finger... All
3: right! Not for the last time! You had an argument with him, right?
4: He had one with me.
3: Okay. He shocked you. Yes. You shocked him. Right. You got interrupted. Right. You left. Right. Then you come back and stabbed him. Wrong. Okay, okay. Let's have your story.
4: Somebody was after him, Sarge. I got a threatening note that was supposed to go to him.
3: Where is it? Here. Ah, this is kid stuff.
4: You ever hear of a kid threatening Santa Claus? Come on, Sarge. Okay,
3: okay, so it ain't kid stuff. Who sent it and why?
4: That's what the taxpayers hire you to figure out. Maybe it's got some connection with a jewel robbery.
3: What do you know about the jewel robbery?
4: Just what I read in the papers. Somebody snatched eight grand worth of pearls. You, maybe? Don't be ridiculous. I wasn't even working there when it happened.
3: What makes you think it was an inside job? The
4: newspapers. They got the opinion from the police. You familiar with this organization? Don't get funny. Did it ever occur to you that maybe Santa Claus was in on that jewel job?
3: As a matter of fact, Rocky, the guy in that Santa Claus suit has a record as long as your arm. Only one thing is wrong. Yeah? We can't arrest him for his own murder.
4: So why pin it on me?
3: You're available. Also, whoever stabbed him was in on the inside. It happened after the store closed. Also, there's eight grand worth of pearls floating around someplace and a reward for a thousand to whoever finds them.
4: No kidding. Yeah,
3: you want to claim it? All you have to do is confess you killed a guy, turn in the pearls, collect the reward, and
4: go to the chair. I'll tell you what, Sarge. You do me a favor and I'll confess to the murder, the jewel robbery, and all of the other old crimes you're too stupid to solve.
3: What's the favor?
4: Drop dead. Rocky, someday, pow!
3: Right in the toy department.
4: Come on, Finger. You know as well as I do I couldn't have done it.
3: What makes you think so?
4: That note the lieutenant handed you a few minutes ago. You checked my alibi and I was feeding my face in the cafeteria when he got stabbed. So stop give me the needle and let me go home. Fortune someday! I know. Pow! Can I go now? Don't you like it here? <laughs> it's great, but I got a date with a doll. Finger turns me loose and I jockey my way right down to Laura Grayson's apartment in a cheap village flat. It's about 9
7: p.m. when I get
4: my finger on the doorbell. Just a moment. Rocky. Hi. Can I come in a minute? Of
7: course.
4: Uh, where is uh, Gail?
7: Sleep. I hope so, anyway.
4: Uh, listen, uh, honey, I I have to ask you something. Well? Have you got the, the doll? Of
7: course. Gail's so happy about it, she's ready to fly.
4: Uh, look, I, I, I'll i have to ask you for it back. You w- What? Well, I'll I'll get another one to replace it—a brand new one, really. But but right now I gotta have that one. Sure, Rocky. Sure. It it, it sounds kind of funny, but and I can't explain it now. But you tell a kid I'll get her another one, huh?
7: It isn't necessary, Rocky. Wait a minute, I'll get it for you. Here.
4: Well, thanks, I'm, I have to get back to the store. I'll call you tomorrow, maybe for dinner, huh? Uh
7: huh.
4: Good night, Laura. Good night, Rocky. I knew what she was thinking, so I didn't try to make any excuses. I just took the doll and headed back to my flat to take a look inside. It was as empty as an eggshell in a fox farm. I was just reaching for the phone when it rang. Hello. Rocky? Yeah. But
7: well, This is Laura. Rocky, something terrible has happened.
4: What's wrong? What's the matter?
7: Well, just after you left, a man came, a big man with a black mustache, and he asked for the doll. He said he was from the department store police. I told him you'd taken it back to the store, and he left.
4: Well, what's hotel? So
7: well, he must have
4: awakened Gail, and she overheard it. Anyway, when I went into her room just now, she was gone. Rocky, I don't know what to do. She heard you say I was taking a doll to the store? Yes. Maybe she's on her way over there now to try to get the doll back. At this hour? Honey, six-year-old kids don't know from the wages and hours law. Look, I'll take a run over there just in case she shows up. You notify the police and meet me. I stuff the kids down in my overcoat pocket and flag a cab over to Krakenbarn's department store. There's no sign of the kid out front, so I leg it around at the delivery entrance. No sign. I decide to check inside and show my pass to the night watchman at the entrance. Uh, hold it, mister. Hiya, Pop. I, I work here. Uh, let's see your card. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Store Dick, huh? That's right, Pop. Now, listen, I'm looking for a little girl about seven years old. Wears a brace on one foot. You seen her? Uh, what would a kid like that be doing here after hours? Uh, her mother thinks she got lost in the store. Oh. Well, I, I only been on a couple of minutes. I ain't seen her. I'm going up to check the toy department on five. You keep an eye out, will you? If she comes along, send her up to five. I'll be waiting. Okay.
3: I'll keep watch, fair. Thanks.
4: I go up to the toy department. In the darkness it looks as eerie as a graveyard on halloween i figure maybe gail managed to slip in past the watchman so i give a yell gail i almost scare myself to death what's that
3: nobody here but us toys boss get him up
4: fortune hmm. i assume that ain't a lollipop stick in my spine that's right smart boy step over here in the light so what do i owe the pleasure just a little shopping trip. I'm looking for a doll. You don't say. I do. So hand it over. Help yourself. It's in the coat pocket. Toss it here. There. Now stand still while I have a look inside. Okay, wise guy, where's the stuff? Stuff? Don't play dumb. where was eight grand worth of pearls from last week's job inside this doll. Where are they? That's me, pal. Maybe you got the wrong doll. I got the right doll, Buster. What makes you so sure? Santa Claus told me before he died. Looks like you and Santa Claus were in on that robbery. That's what I thought. Until he tried to double-cross me. What happened? I heisted this stuff and gave it to Santa Claus to hide. He ate it so good I couldn't find it. He wasn't going to tell me where it was until I gave him more than half. Only I changed his mind for him. Yeah, with a four-inch blade. Uh-huh. You should be a store detective, you're real smart. I take it the stuff was in the doll. That's right, Rocky. Only it ain't there now. And you had that doll. Which means? Unless you unclam, I may have to give you the same treatment I gave Santa Claus. I'm telling you, the pearls were gone when I got that doll home. And I'm telling you, if they were gone, it's because you took them. I don't have them. Sue so me. Sue me. Rocky, old man, it's Christmas time and goodwill to men and all that. And I hate to knock off two guys in the same day. But if you don't spill them pearls in five seconds, I'm going to put lead in your brain. Now, where are they? I don't know. One, two, three, four. What the... Gail, hi. Honey. I'm back here, fortune. Here's a football for Christmas, boy. Oh. <coughs> <laughs> let Big Elf have it in the puss with a football from the toy counter and grab the kid. We duck into the maze of counters and crawl along until we get behind some packing crates. Marty's cursing and looking for us. And he's still got a gun, too.
6: Rocky, I... I had to find you a wanted.
4: Shh! Don't let him hear us. Crawl into this packing case. Rocky,
7: I'm scared.
6: Do
4: as I say. Okay, Rocky. Fortune! It's no use, Fortune. I'm going to find you. And when I do... Shh! Come on out, Fortune! Come on out! Rocky,
7: I'm scared. So am I, kid.
4: We gotta do something. Let's see what they got in these boxes. Mighty might mechanical police car. Oh, there's a big help.
6: Hey! What? Let me have one of those. Here. What are you gonna do,
4: Rocky? You'll see.
3: I'm coming, Fortune. Look out, Marty! Watch that!
4: It's two shots. He's got a revolver that holds six, four to go. Let's see now.
6: There's something,
4: Rocky. Super rocket ship. Fine, let's try this on. Ready? Go!
3: Fortune, are you crazy? I'm gonna get you. Three, and two, or five.
4: One
7: more. What's in that box? It's a
6: atomic blaster. Turn your space cadet size. Why not? Let's try it. I hear you,
4: Fortune. I hear you now. Try this, Colonel. You missed, Marty. That's pretty bad shooting. Maybe, pump, but this ain't gonna be. Hunter. Those things gotta be loaded before you can shoot them, Marty, remember? You dirty... There's something else for Christmas. My gift the Santa's helper was a Louisville slugger right on top of the noggin. And just as he went out, the lights went on. And Suddenly the place was crawling with humanity.
7: Rocky.
4: Gail, are you all right? We're fine, baby. Well, look who's here, late as usual. No wisecracks. Is this the missing kid,
3: lady?
7: Yes, officer, thank
6: you.
4: Who's the stiff? This is the bum who killed Santa Claus.
6: Boy, you should have seen Rocky beating him with that bat.
4: By the way, Gail, where's the stuff that was inside the doll?
6: You mean the pretty marbles? I thought they came inside the doll, Rocky. It was a sort of surprise.
4: Some surprise. Do you have them?
6: I think so. Come on, park it someplace. Oh, here they are.
4: Sergeant? Uh, Here you are, sir. Just in case you ain't got all your marbles.
3: Marbles? Hey, those are the pearls that were heisted last week.
4: He's got a magnificent mind, this Sergeant Finger, doesn't he? Gail, I'm sorry about the doll, honey, but unless I'm mistaken, you've got about a thousand dollar reward coming for this stuff.
7: thousand oh, dollars? Rocky, it's too good to be true. I must be dreaming.
4: Want me to pinch you?
7: Couldn't you just kiss me instead? Why not?
4: Yeah. Mm. Merry Christmas.
7: Mm. Happy New Year. Yeah.
4: NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Ted Von Else, Mary McGovern, Kay Stewart, Frank Gerstle, Jim Nusser, Barney Phillips, Bill Justine. Tonight's script was written by George Lafferts, Andrew C. Love directed. And now, to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as
3: Rocky Fortune.
4: Next week, I managed to get involved in a fixed fight. Some gamblers want me to stay down for the long count, from here to eternity. Tune in, and I'll tell you all about it. Till then, i see you around. Visit with Fiver McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC
3: radio network.
5: We're back with old time radio essentials. This is Pete with Paul and Dave. That was an episode of Rocky Fortune called "The Plot to, Moy to Santa Claus," originally broadcast December 22, nineteen fifty three, on the National Broadcasting Company. Dave, this was your selection for this installment. Why? For did you choose it? Let me do that again. Why? For did you choose
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. God. Where do I start? Um, okay, uh, somewhere, 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 <laughs> performances, first and foremost, uh, uh, nobody was dialing that in. Okay. The performances were across the board. So especially I thought the, the actress who played Laura, um, I mean, oh my God, that was the older uh, sister, uh, right? I'm sorry. That was the, the big sister, right? No, no. Uh, yes. The big sister, right. The okay. one that, the one that, that, the uh, Rocky gets, gets sweet on. And, I'm going to, I'm going to, i to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Ring a ding, ding. You know when, 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 uh, uh, you know at the beginning when, um, oh, what was it? the girl says? Yeah, uh, I want the doll, and 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 Laura says, oh, maybe it's too expensive. We can't do that. But Santa said that he could do something about that, and and she responds with, "Santa's wrong," yeah. and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, the chill. Yeah, it's, it's like, like Santa oh, had no right to now. say that to you. <laughs> and then later She's on. When he comes back to take the doll, if you listen to the dialogue, Laura's being very compliant and very helpful, very understanding, but the actress's performance is frosty cold. Oh, yeah. It's like, you could, oh yeah, my you God, could
2: I'm surprised. Yeah, an icicle off that. Yeah, he says yes, he'll, he'll- it was
5: colder
0: than a Chicago winter. He
5: says he'll come back tomorrow and maybe for dinner, and she says, uh-huh. yeah.
0: That's all <laughs> right? she says is, yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: It's
0: like, I, I it's felt like, the chill on that one. Boom. <laughs> So and everybody, all the characters were, were. I mean, it just felt like it felt like a very tight crew as far as performances goes. The dialogue. Don't get me started too late. I'm already started. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. So if you're not here in 30 minutes, if you're still here in 30 minutes, I'll put the pinch on you. It's like, oh, that sweet, sweet jargon from the era was just rife in this place. And the zingers. It's like, uh, why are you asking? It's like, I'm just curious. And Rocky says, yeah, stay just as you are. Like, <laughs> but he walks away. It's like, boom, baby. And then <laughs> here's the one that nailed that just nailed my coffin, put the nail on my it's coffin. It's the same. Sergeant Finger says, and I quote, <laughs> We would like to revolve the wheel of our conversation around the axle of your understanding yeah. down at the Irish clubhouse. I love the Irish clubhouse. I stopped the playback and <laughs> rolled it back just so I could hear that line again. It's like, oh, God, so sweet. And th- that's just a sampling. Um, honestly, the soundscape on this thing, I thought, was spot on. It was very subtle. I thought it was pitch perfect. They weren't trying to be Foley. They weren't pushing the sound effects in your face. They let them stay in the background and set the stage, the footsteps, the fights, the the toys at the end, all of that stuff. It was right there, and I really appreciated the kind of less is more stance they took on that because there are two kisses in this show. Uh, uh, at the one says, I could kiss you. And she says, why don't you? It's like, okay. And the other one is the end. I'm dreaming. Want me to pinch you? Could you just kiss me? And it's like, yeah, okay, sure. But no smoochy noises, no lip smacking. No. Right. That it was a was standard.
5: Ju- that was a standard thing. They didn't allow for any sort of, uh, smoochy really? noises. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. the rule.
0: Yeah. So right, I didn't know that was a rule. I yeah. I certainly appreciated the fact that there were no smoochy smoochy noises. It just really <laughs> it, it played very classy. The whole thing played very classy. And and I just really enjoyed uh, uh just every aspect of this particular episode. That's that's why I love it. Great. For me, the big draw besides the sharp writing and the oh-so-sweet, sweet sweet noir vibe, which you guys know I just love, was that Frank Sinatra plays the titular role of Rocky Fortune. (laughs) He said titular.
5: (laughs) I did say titular,
0: and I used it correctly in a sentence. Yes, you did. Um, And interestingly, Frank was not the only one, Frank, yeah, because we're on a first name basis, Sinatra wasn't the only big name. They had guest stars like Raymond Burr, Ed Begley, uh, Jack Crucian. All these names came through through the door at one point. Now, one of the cool things about this series is that Sinatra would work in references to his own career into the show. Um, On one episode, he had Rocky singing, I've Got the World on a String. As he's walking down the street, which is a, a classic Sinatra tune. Um, on the last, now the last episode of the series aired the week after Sinatra scored his Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in From Here to Eternity. And towards the end of the series, if you listen, he's working in the line "From Here to Eternity" into every frickin episode, and <laughs> it's just awesome. I love that that kind of sidelong wink to the audience. Along with the incredibly sharp dialogue and the stellar production values. Outstanding. How are you, Paul?
2: It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. No, no, I loved it. Dude! It's, just, well, how the hell do you follow? How
5: dare you I'm not match his thing. enthusiasm?
2: <laughs> yeah, no shit. i need to shoot him with a tranquilizer before he starts, just so he kind of balances all of us out. Um, no, I loved it. I love Frank Sinatra. And, It was, it reminded me, I know this sounds weird, but it reminded me of the Dean Martin TV show. The man, they said the thing about the Dean Martin TV show is he never practiced. He never, he would come in and he would just kind of like hold the script and he'd go through the thing like that just once beforehand. And so it always had that, a real freshness to it, you know, and like he was making up half of the crap that he was saying. You know, it almost felt that way. So it gave it that spontaneity. And I'm trying to remember what the hell was the word when he's talking about, uh, when he's talking to the store owner, when I catch a pickpocket or if I catch a thief, what was the first word he used? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like, remember. I didn't. I had never heard that one before. It's like like gunshot or something. I'm like, what the hell did he just say?
0: And, and neither had the store owner, for that matter. It's yeah. like what? <laughs> a what? Because
2: you know, a thief, criminal, big guy. Did he say? Did he say uh,
0: gunsel? Gunsel.
2: gunsel? Gunsel. Did that sound like gunsel? Gunsel. gunsel. Did he? Because that would have been like a, an armed
5: guy. Uh, this is Pete coming in after the fact, saying that the word in question was gunif. G-O-N-I-F-F, which is a Yiddish word meaning a thief. Okay. You know, I I, is usually yeah, I, an I, You said a G word, something. so I'm trying, i was trying to think. I can't remember it either. But our listeners know what, what, what it was. so They'll let us know. They'll let us know. <laughs>
2: but no, it was a really good show. I love the speed of it. I love the banter. It just had a great flow to it and everything. I like anything with Frank um and yeah i like what you said about the sister it's like whoo you could like a chip an icicle off that and <laughs> to turn that
0: on we ran and, hot and cold didn't you
2: oh man yes yeah. <laughs> and when they even though they weren't making the kissing noises just two of them were so oh, i like, know the chemistry it was like, so oh there
5: <laughs> it almost so sounded bad. like can they do that on the radio? It was, was kind of dirty, yeah. Dirty. <laughs> that pause it was. That was a pause. It was just yeah, it was it was just two two or three seconds of silence. That was just very sexy, yeah.
2: Anyhow, no, no, I really <laughs> liked it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I intend to listen to the rest of the catalog of yes. the Frank Sinatra store, the Rock Fortune. because it's very good, very entertaining. You know, I don't like it when they try and make it too heavy.
5: Good, great. I agree with both of you on this. It was the dialogue was fantastic. The characters were were very interesting. Uh the elf, the big elf. Yeah. Um, um who, the who was O-A-F. there. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name was. And it did yeah, yeah. Do you how do you spell elf? O A F that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> lines in that. It's like yep. <laughs> And he turned out to be both the, the crook and the murderer. He stole the pearls and gave them to Santa Claus, and then he killed Santa Claus because he wouldn't give them up. And uh, um, I didn't catch that the first go-around. I had to listen to it twice to get that that was the same guy. Um, I just just was doing something else, and I missed that part of the dialogue. But the second time, I did catch it. Um, I loved every character. I thought that the little girl was very well played. Yes. Yeah. uh, uh yeah. In, in old time radio, you get a little kid, and and the little kid can be very annoying. The very it, it could be a very whiny sound to their voice, but she sounded like an actual little girl who was very sweet. uh yeah. So really, uh, I don't know if it was like an adult woman playing that role or an actual little girl, but it was very well done. So yeah, like Zuzu kud- petals. kudos to whoever <laughs> whoever that was. Um, and all of the characters. The Santa the guy who played Santa Claus, he was a tough guy, you know, and then they fight that fight they had. Yep. The guy who played Mr. Prim was- Yes. Yes, you imagine him in a kind of a pink suit and a great big bow tie or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) and And, every 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 stitch creased and clean (laughs) the way way rocky
5: fortune described him he looked like a a dressmaker's dummy or or a store window mannequin and you expect (laughs) to see a price tag on him that was terrific (laughs) that was a wonderful line there uh what i like about rocky fortune is that he's very cool he's very laid back he could be in the, the worst trouble at all. And he doesn't even raise his voice above a regular, like uh, a standard speaking voice. He doesn't get excited. He doesn't get mad, uh, which is just really cool. So he's a very cool character. Um, yep. He gets annoyed, he gets angry, but he doesn't get loud, which is. Which but when is great. he
2: did raise his voice was when he yelled for the little girl in the warehouse, and he even goes, "Geez, I almost scared the heck out of myself." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: the, 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 the the his voice came back at him. Yeah, that was good. So really well, really well done. I, I was um, very impressed. I've listened to a few, not a lot, but I have listened to a few. Uh, um, other episodes of rocky rocky fortune and i really enjoyed it uh and i did hear one not long ago where his line includes from here to eternity
0: from here to eternity yeah,
5: yeah. So <laughs> it had to be you know late in the series uh, yep. like you said so good so I, I i really enjoyed it so um I think I will listen to more as well yeah so pete what do we do okay let's vote what are we voting on dear listener as a reminder we are voting on one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and B, whether or not is a it is a standalone that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Dave, this is
0: your selection, so you go first. Okay, so one uh, uh, is this true rep- representative installment of the overall series? Absolutely. Uh, this this thing, I mean, <laughs> Sinatra. If nothing else, Sinatra is consistent across the board. The writing is consistent, uh, uh, and and yes, everything about this is is stellar in terms of the Rocky Fortune franchise, as it were. Um, is it a standalone show that belongs in every aficionado's collection? Um, yes. Uh, I don't think i I honestly because it's Christmas time, I'm gonna say that because we have a Christmas theme working here uh so I think it belongs in every aficionado's Christmas collection. How about ah. that uh so but um you know honestly listen to the whole series and make up your own damn mind because they're all charming and well wrought uh and well produced radio dramas with that sweet sweet noir v- noir vibe uh so uh so I will I will say yes it does. So yes and yes. Definitely. Okay. Paulie yes
2: yes it's a, you know any pretty much I, I'm a sucker for anything that's got Frank in it. And <laughs> because he's just so laid back and cool. It's like one of those things that you can get away with because it's like you know, I've got so much going on. It's kind of like the, you know, having F you money kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> to where he so doesn't frank. care if he does good or not. So he's just letting it hang out and he's being who the hell he is. And he's that's getting his
5: forty four like. fifty dollars 50 m- a week, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's paying rent. He's making his nut. He's making bank. <laughs> hey, that's a lot of stuff back in those days.
2: Uh, I $80 mean, an hour, but Jesus. um but yeah, it was, it was an excellent one, and I really liked I don't think there was really anything about it I didn't like. You know, aside from it started making me a little uncomfortable with their smooching there at the end.
0: With the, you know, <laughs> Is of, it raising it. uncomfortable feelings, Paul?
2: Yeah. You know, he's like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm, <just laughs> like, God, I'm feeling kind of your funny. Shower. <laughs> I got the vapors. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, yes, and yes for me on that one. Uh, next, go ahead.
5: Outstanding. Well, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, it is, um, I've heard enough Rocky Fortune to know that this is a representative installment and one of the better ones, I should say, because it is uh, well written. The dialogue is fantastic. The whole story itself is uh, um, nice and compact. You've got a little girl. She wants something. She takes the doll. There's uh, um, crooks who have, we don't know yet, but they've hidden something in the doll and they want to get it back. So it's all this drama and all this tension. It's really, really a taut story and, and, and it moves well. It's very, very fast moving. Uh, I love the, uh, the, the, the noir-type dialogue, I guess you could say, the wisecracks and the, uh, uh, the the voiceovers. Uh, not everybody could do that. Not everybody uh, who was a Hollywood actor could pull off that sort of voiceover efficiently, and I think Frank really does a good job of that, uh, telling the story and being a character. It's a, it's a very fine line. Not everybody can do that, so good for him. Uh, and yes... Uh, I agree with Dave. It does belong in every radio aficionado's uh, Christmas collection uh, because it's a terrific Christmas story where a little girl wants something and asks Santa Claus for it and ends up with it, uh, and then then the guy gets the girl. And it's like uh, after they kiss, you haven't mentioned it, but when they kiss the first time, she says Merry Christmas and and Rocky says and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. They kiss the second time at the end, and Frank says Merry Christmas and the girl says and Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just really clever the way that was brought back. I I, I love that sort of thing, I really do. The, the so, thing I um, like
2: was with the uh, you wouldn't catch it nowadays on a radio program, but when after the uh, uh, she goes well. She's yelling at him for telling the girl that he could have she could have the doll. And she goes, well, why don't you come over on Christmas Day and explain it to her? He goes, I'd be glad to, but I don't know where you live. And the little girl just gives the address. <laughs> so only we live at, gives the exact address. And I'm like, nowadays, it would just back end of the kid. Shut up. Don't tell him that.
0: <laughs> Stranger danger.
5: Come on now. But it's Santa Claus. Uh-huh. She trusts Santa Claus. That's nice all right so that's good it looks like we uh have a, a yes for uh from all three of us for for the first point and a yes from all three of us on the second point so very good we agree yeah we agree on everything it's Very just, good. this
0: is a first i think <laughs> in my tenure anyway <sighs> it's hey, nice when you that ha- well
5: you know it's christmas we agree there uh, we go yes
0: Yes, indeed.
5: Peace on earth, Peace on earth, and,
2: earth and, will and goodwill to men,
0: me. <laughs> and, and a unified tally at the end of the show. Yes.
2: Amen.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
5: so where the hell are we now? Oh, at, that's uh, sorry, well, that
0: my turn now. Dave says, well, folks. That's it. Oh, man, okay. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of Episode 27, our third annual Christmas Spectacular with Pete Lutz, Paul Arbisi, and myself, Dave Robison. We are very happy that you came back to join us for this special presentation. And, friends, I am definitely looking forward to next month and next year, please God, uh, which is Paul's <laughs> choice. Uh, Paul, what do you got for us, man? Uh, this is going to be kind
2: of interesting. Um it will. It will. Okay, I, like it, I, I, I like believe it, you. I'm
0: just, i you say, I'm, I'm interesting, still, I'm still my, trying to, my, I, I tend I, to cringe just a little bit. So it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah so why I was shooting for you. I'm trying to get the taste of the Shakespeare
2: out of my mouth still. Oh, listen, you know. And so it. I oh, have to kind of go the other direction with that. Oh, God. What are we doing? That's why we've got Gangbusters. Ah. There
0: was
2: crime drama on the radio that was actually using. Uh, actual crimes. You know, like they were using crime
0: police
2: reports. stuff? Yeah, they were using actual police reports to make the stories up. Nice. And so
5: this predated Dragnet by like twenty years, I think.
2: Exactly. Damn. You know, so I thought that was interesting, but the main reason I had to pick this one is because of the name of the story. I can't believe they actually did this even back then. It's called The Case of Harry red, beaver.
0: <laughs> oh, and there goes our family. There goes our rated PG. Uh, uh, rated. Holy crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh, what are you doing to us here? Oh, my God. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Hey, Gangbusters, this looks pretty interesting. So I'm oh, going look. through the titles and that, and that one just kind of shot out in neon <laughs> and sparkles and everything. I'm like, Harry oh.
0: Red Beaver. Harry All right. Red yep. Beaver. Okay. okay. When, can we schedule this? when can we schedule this recording? I'm here for it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that makes my next line sound so weird. I, I, that sounds like a lot of
0: fun, Paul. <laughs> Oh, Oh, my goodness me. Time, time to add lib on that one. Yeah,
5: dude. Yeah, uh, well, very interesting, Paul. Uh, <laughs> and it's oh, about time I to wrap up. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I guess. Perfect it timing. Home. So, Paul, Dave, tell the masses what they need to know. Full
2: Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Nerado Radio Company.
0: Thank you, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and gang, please do follow us on the Twitters at Essentials Old. Uh, and if you want to suggest future episodes, maybe, or, or give us tell us what the heck that word was that Rocky used at the beginning of the show to uh, <laughs> to describe a villain, uh, please do write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line. And I gotta tell you guys, I've been listening to a show called Hello from the Magic Cavern. Oh, and yeah, that's a good one. The the email address that they have for that thing is is almost as absurd as the one you guys have. <laughs> Not quite, but well, that's my personal comes, email. It comes very, very close. <laughs> so there we go. F six point three at gmail.com. Thank you for calling me absurd
5: <laughs> oh, <laughs> and right you'll before care. christmas too
2: you felt fish sauerkraut.com
5: <laughs> remember friends we're always happy to hear from our listeners so please do send us feedback and suggestions and if you didn't catch our email when dave spelled it out rewind and listen again or just look for it in the show notes And friends, be sure to subscribe to our other podcast. Dave, uh,
0: do you have anything you want to tell the public about another podcast? I absolutely do. Um, Actually, I've I've got uh, stories coming out. Uh, from uh, Escape Pod, Pseudopod, and Podcastle. Uh, those should be coming out in the coming weeks. So tune into those great horror, science fiction, and fantasy podcasts from the Escape Artist Network. Um, and because it is the holiday season, uh, uh, last year I had the distinct pleasure uh, to play the role of Santa Claus in a radio drama produced by the voice of Free Planet X. Uh, and it's called A Very Planet X Christmas and y- you know how uh, uh, kids sometimes dyslexia up Santa's name and it, it, it's addressed to Satan <laughs> instead of Santa so Judzia Axelrod who is the hostess uh, and creator of uh, uh, The Voice of Free Planet X wrote a story about how Satan has a, a cottage, a bungalow alongside Santa's workshop Uh, uh, and it's just this marvelous, charming story. (laughs) If you go to planetx.libson.com, it's episode 29 of Very Planet X Christmas. Awesome. And I highly recommend it. It was just fabulous. And I got to play Santa Claus, which is a rush. Good for you. I think I'll be
5: listening to that as soon as we're done here. (laughs) I'm going to quit right now. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go listen. (laughs) Paul, do you have any new audio dramas coming out or already released for the holidays? Well, we
2: just did Project Audion. We did our Christmas special where I thought it was kind of humorous. We did Britt Ponsit's Christmas Carol version. Which we talked about last year. Exactly. Uh, And I'm like, hey, this sounds awfully familiar to me. (laughs) So uh, I got to play the announcer on that one, and also uh, the preacher, just for a sec. And so that was a lot of fun, as always, getting together with Larry and the gang. Those guys do a fantastic job over there, and it's it's just wonderful every time they ask me to join them. And so I'm never going to pass it up. And uh, over on uh, Dream Realm Enterprises, on their website over there, uh, they have a Doctor Who page. And I get to play the doctor. So,
5: Ooh,
2: awesome! I am, I am the doctor. That's like, so that's like me playing Santa Claus. That is like the role. Now say, no, no, it's okay. I am a <laughs> no, I I'm, I, seen, I'm a doctor. No, don't, don't worry. I've seen, I've seen
5: naked women before. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Awesome. <laughs> so... I got them and just a little bit parts every here and there, whenever somebody needs something. So,
5: Well, good. So do patronize our other, our, our, our co-hosts, other shows. So they're very, we're all very active in the, in the game. And in case you haven't heard, my newest podcast has been coming out on Fridays this month. It's called Santa's Inbox and is a special service wherein Sandy Claus himself has been recorded on location at the North Pole, which I mentioned earlier. Old St. Nick is reading letters and emails out loud from kids and grown-ups alike, and in each episode, we're seeing certain behind-the-scenes troubles that Santa's been having with his elves and other folks. Our final episode is this Friday, Christmas Eve, so be sure to subscribe to Friday Follies on the Mutual Audio Network and get caught up on the first three. It's a very fun show for kids and grown-ups alike, and I can't close without mentioning that the Narada Radio Company's live performance of Lux Radio Theater's It's a Wonderful Life was recorded and will be released on the Mutual Network and the Narada feed in time for Christmas. Yay! Awesome. Okay, it's time to wrap things up. Join us next year for another (gasps) fun installment of old-time radio essentials. Bye-bye for now. Merry, Christ- hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays.
2: Hanukkah. Happy New Year. All that kind of stuff. No. Oh, wait.
5: Oh, okay. I scrolled, down your to your script, dude. Your I scrolled down too far I, I, I was that's a... He's just having a small stroke It's okay <laughs> Edit <laughs> Okay <laughs> Okay,
2: that's wrong. <right. laughs>
5: Wait a minute 63 audio
3: This Is Mutual
1: There are a number of things that we can all do to help stop the spread of the coronavirus and protect ourselves and our families. One is simply to clean your hands often. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after you've been in a public place or after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If you don't have access to soap and water, then make sure you use a hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And finally, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. These are some simple things that we can all do to help protect ourselves and our families from the spread of coronavirus. Be well, everybody.